It's Friday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the From the Boardroom to the Locker Room Weekend Preview. On this uh, Friday evening, it's been a tumultuous week of sport. And hopefully, it's going to be a fantastic weekend of sport. Let's start off by looking at the cricketing fixtures that are coming up. Currently, the test matches between England and New Zealand will continue, as will India and Australia. Now, from a South African point of view, of course, we've had the West Indies a couple of weeks time, but it's so disappointing um, that all these other countries are playing test cricket around the world, and we're going to have like four test matches in the next year or so. It's just so disappointing. And perhaps Cricket South Africa needs to have a look at it and see what they do find themselves in a situation where we are being left behind in terms of the fixtures against the major countries, the Australians, the English, the Indians, and to a lesser extent, Pakistanis seem to be playing. Even West Indies have played more cricket to the world, played more test cricket than South Africa come the end of the year. It's not only test crickets that's uh, currently underway, the uh, Women's T20 World Cup, and what a good turn it's been so far. How the South African crowds have come out to support the South African team in particular. You know, women's cricket a couple of years ago, people would have got these, don't give me that nonsense. Not at all. I mean, the ladies are playing some outstanding cricket. We've seen some great cricket already, and uh, there will be some fantastic uh, World Cup cricket coming up over the weekend as well. There's a couple of matches uh, today. That's uh, Friday, New Zealand against Bangladesh, and then later on this evening, the West Indies play the Irish, and then later on today, uh, England Lions play Sri Lanka. And then tomorrow, the uh, England women play India, and South Africa play Australia. What a massive clash that's going to be, and I am sure that the way things have been going, they're going to break the record number of spectators uh, watching women's cricket here in South Africa, the South African women play the Aussies, there's the United Arab Emirates against Afghanistan in the T20 National. And then on Sunday, 5.30 in the morning, the Australian under-19s play the England under-19s in the only T20 between those two countries. And then the ICC Women's T20 World Cup will continue, where Pakistan will play the West Indies. And then a big game, I guess, depending, of course, on the result between South Africa and Australia, where New Zealand play Sri Lanka. With Sri Lanka's victory over South Africa in the first game of the tournament and how well they've played going forward, South Africa, I guess, will be hoping for a favour from New Zealand, depending, of course, on their result against the Australians, who seem to be the best team by far. And then the third T20 international between the United Arab Emirates and Afghanistan. And then the Cricket South Africa four-day series gets underway again. Now, last night you were with us talking to Ron Phillipsa, now, the momentum multiplied Titans play the G-Bet Rocks. Okay, so let me try for those of you who don't live in South Africa and explain to you who these teams are. Titans from Centurion, which is between Johannesburg and Victoria. The G-Bet Rocks, of course, from Paul, the beautiful Winelands grounds where their home is based, where they come from. Then the Knights take on the Dolphins. The Dragons play Western Province. And then the Lions take on the Warriors. And then on Monday, back to the T20 World Cup with India play. So lots of fantastic action for you on the cricket fields over the next couple of 
days. All right, so uh, we missed out a bit on uh, the rugby last weekend because it was the Six Nations weekend, so there was no rugby championship or Gallagher like Premiership or any of those other uh, competitions that are played in Europe. But it's all back to that this weekend as the uh, Six Nations takes a break with the Irish having done so well last weekend. Uh, they'll be hoping that none of their players get injured over the weekend as they make their way towards a Grand Slam, which I'm sure they'll be hoping for after their victory against the French, number one and number two team South Africa, of course, at that uh, very closely, Rusty Erasmus and John Pinaba, I'm sure, both worked at night on that one. So the uh, matches tonight, Crystal Bears play the Newcastle Falcons and Gloucester Harlequins. Uh, in the United Rugby Championship, the Glasgow Warriors play Ulster and Munster play Ospreys. That's uh, 21-35, 25 to 10 South African standard time, those matches on tonight. Then tomorrow, a very big day for South African fans and South African rugby. The uh, early game at 3 o'clock sees the Lions against the Sharks. Uh, I hope there's more than a couple of dogs, a few policemen, some security personnel, and a couple of fans at Ellis Park, although where things have been recently, I doubt it. But I hope they are. I hope the cricket, the Bet Great T20, has shown South African fans we can get out into the sunshine and get some fresh air in our lungs. And then I do know, having spoken to uh, Edgar Athbone earlier in the week, I'm sure you listened to me on that, from the boardroom to the locker room, we uh, are expecting, when I say we, the Bluebulls Company, about 40,000, uh, most probably, Loftus. And, you know, that's when Loftus is not the greatest stadium in the world. And I don't mean that with any disrespect. Even Ellis Park, which just got such great history, not that Loftus doesn't. I just think the design of Ellis Park, uh, and then obviously the Shark Tank, and now the Cape Town Stadium, previously Newlands, and there was just something about those stadiums. And an empty Loftus Fairsfelds, was just really horrible, let's be honest. The field is like playing on concrete. But there's been so much rain for, on the high belts, or south on the high belt, the iron right now down on the high belt. And we spoke to Edgar Rathbone, as I said, lots of tickets sold. It's going to be a massive game. I mean, it is the clash of the titans of South African rugby. The Bulls against the Stormers. Uh, Jake White against John Dobson. Great, great news that Jake White's back in the saddle after his uh, illness. And, of course, as much as there's unbelievable rivalry between the two coaches, I know there's great respect there as well, as there is the rivalry and the respect shown between the Bulls and the Stormers. That is going to be some clash, I can tell you right now. It's five past five tomorrow evening and uh, it's going to be a monumental affair between these two sides. The Bulls are looking for have not had the best of uh, it against uh, the team from the Cape, and this rivalry goes back forever. I mean, I can remember as a as a kid, six, seven years old, sitting on the little concrete benches at Newlands, watching what was then Northern Trump Ball play Western Province, Nas Porter and Mornay Duplessis. I mean, names that ring off the tongue, Rob Lowe, Ace Lawrence, uh, Tien Stoffberg, all of those names uh, for many years, many, many years ago, Scott Berger Senior, so, you know, Eddie Becker, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head now, I'm giving you some names, 
not name dropping, but just giving you some names. Peter Wilkman, H.O. de Villiers, and names of people who listen to this program. I will remember those people who are around the same age as me. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's get back to presence come out of the past. Everyone is expecting the Stormers to win, is what the statements are being said, but the big north-south uh, Vodacom United Rugby Championship at uh, Loftus. So, let's see. The Stormers are missing far more key players to spring up resting protocols and injuries than the Bulls are. John Dobson has hinted he may arrest a few more. But the Bulls have a lot more to play for. I hate this when you don't have your full team in terms of uh, resting protocols and so on. But if the Stormers play out their skins and can win at Loftus, they will have to play the best rugby they have. To win in Pretoria is something that very few people have done at the Bulls' home grounds straight right to Cobra. Only once have the Bulls been beaten at home by the Sharks and by the Stormers. Um... So the Stormers did that on the 22nd of January last year, probably enough on the 143rd anniversary of the Battle of the Rocks Drift, where incidentally small garrisons of British soldiers and hospital patients fought for a mighty army, and the bravery rewarded them with the Victoria Cross. What are you talking about, Louis? Anyway, um, the Bulls are beating the Gloucester since uh, this week last year. Wow, come on, Stormers. Okay, I'm not allowed to be biased on the show. Okay, so they've beaten the Bulls four times consecutively out of the including that famous win of Lawrence And that is why I guess they are made to be out as favourites for the competition. Now, it's just the way I'm talking, the way the all fans are seeing this game. It, it hopefully, and I'm sure it will be, a showcase of the South African rugby skills, and I guess we will be showing the world, watch out, we are most definitely the team South Africa, that is, to look out for at the World Cup in September. You know, lamenting about South African rugby, because people will say I'm biased, well, I, I have to be, I mean. So the Zebras play Connors, clearly play Edinburgh, the Cardiff Blues played Benetton and Leinster played the track in the other matches in the year uh, competition. And uh, then on Sunday, the two matches are one in the Gallagher Premiership with the next Tigers play Saracens. And then the top 14 Union will go Niggles play Cavaliers. Now, I know it's only on Monday, but I need to bring this up unbelievably. If you ever get an opportunity, to go and watch rugby at its infancy, and I say this with perspective of this because I think they would agree with it. And you want to get part of an atmosphere outside of a test match and a Bulls Stormers match, and especially if you are a neutral, you need to go to a varsity coverage. These matches with the students. I mean, it is something to behold if you ever get the opportunity. And there's a whole lot of brilliant innovations that uh, the tournament has brought in the different color pants to the guy that's top of the table with regards to most valuable players and different kinds of rules in the game. 
But it is just from an atmosphere point of view where the students come out. It's like back to the good old days near ago. Back to the good old days when people just played for the fun of it. It's amateur. There was no professionalism involved. And what's so good about it is that this clearly is a shop window, if you like, for scouts of the big franchise to have a look at these guys, young guys, varsity students, and giving them an opportunity to perhaps get signed up by a franchise going forward. When you consider, and I think, uh, Edgar, if I remember correctly, 58 or 60-odd players are signed as uh, members of the franchise these days. So there's definitely opportunity. So Monday, we will look at these when we get back at the weekend and preview those matches. But let me just tell you who's playing who. Tuckies plays Schimmlers. That's uh, the Pretoria-based University Tuckies. Schimmlers are from the Wimpertown area, from Free State. And then are two universities within about 40 kilometers of each other. But a history between these two sides goes back way, way back, many, many years. The Martis against the Ikes. That's Stenabosch University against the UCT, the University of Cape Town. Always an incredible, especially when it's played at Kutzenberg, where the uh, the Martis are. I remember once interviewing Donnie Craven, and he said to me, come to Stellenbosch and see all the white trees. And I thought, is the guy out of his mind? What is he talking about? Until I went to Kutzenberg, and the white trees he was referring to were the rugby poles, and they go on forever. The most number of rugby fields I've ever seen. And then Northwest University take on the University of Johannesburg and CUT take on the Blitz University. We'll look at those games in more detail when we preview them on Monday. As far as the uh, golf is concerned uh, around the world, the golf tournament is now getting well underway as we head towards the first major of the year, the Highland Classic. Hot, humid, and very difficult indeed to play under those conditions. The SDC Open on the South African Sunshine Tour and on the USPGA Tour, it's the Genesis Invitational. And then next week, I sort of mentioned it, the Nelson Mandela Bay Championship at the Hubert Golf Club in Brooklyn. And what's so nice about that tournament really separates the, uh, the golfers from the hackers, if you understand my pun, because if the wind blows at Hubert, Okay, I use the word when the wind blows. Uh, people who don't live in Cape Town or around the coast uh, will use the word when the wind blows. Uh, people that come from Highfield, they will say gale force conditions because the wind can really get up. So that is the golfing action that you can expect over the weekend. Now, the tennis world continues to move ahead. Also, of course, to the second Grand Slam of the year, which will eventually be in June, French Open on the uh, red clay of Roland Carlos. But at the moment, the ATP tournaments, the uh, ABN Amro Open currently on, also the Delray Beach Open, and then in Argentina, the uh, Argentinian Open, that's all for men's, and then the Qatar Total Energies Open currently on, that, that is in Qatar, where the ladies are playing. I must say there's been some excellent tennis in that tournament. It really has been. Um, and one or two uh, ladies have come through uh, 
to the uh, next rounds. And uh, one of these days, we're going to get a big win for Coco Cox. She's uh, not that see, but she's really beginning to get uh, her, um, her game in order. And then I don't remember if you remember me talking about Breakpoints, uh, the Netflix documentary on tennis. If you haven't had a chance to see that, get out and see that. And I'm not uh, advertising Netflix and expecting you to go out and pay your subscription. Although I do suggest you do if you like uh, sports events because they have some absolutely incredible, incredible sports documentaries. And the one that I'm now watching and... I watched the first series and absolutely loved it. I'm now watching the second series. It's called The Test. It's all about the Australian cricket team. Yes, I know we hate them and we want to bash them. But I promise you, by the time you've finished watching it, besides the fact that it is so brilliantly produced, what you do find is you kind of end up watching it and you go, they're actually human. They have lives, they have wives, they have girlfriends, they have children, they have a headache. Obviously, now most of this new series, season two, is about the Ashes tour during COVID and how Pat Cummings missed out because he went to dinner and somebody next to him had COVID. I don't want to give anything away, but it is into the dressing room. It's behind-the-scenes footage. You don't have to be a cricket fan. It helps, but you don't have to be a cricket fan to really enjoy it. And it's, it's a wonderful series. That's of course, goes also with the one series they've got on. They've got a whole lot of other series. There's one with Michael Jordan, one about basketball in his life. Uh, there's even one about Rexon. Wonderful, wonderful sports documentaries on Netflix. So you have a chance and you, and you love watching sports documentaries. Just don't watch them between six and off past six when from the boardroom to the locker room. It's just uh, you watch them off this. Okay. I know I haven't said anything yet, and I guess as a regular listener to this podcast, you will know that I'll be itching, itching to have this conversation with you. You know. You always say to your mates, I promise you I won't say I told you so. Well, I'm not going to say I promise I won't say I told you so. I'm going to say I told you so, because I did. Yep. What am I talking about? Of course, the bubble bursts, or has it? One point out of a possible nine that only lost one game all season, and that was against Manchester United until three matches ago when they were beaten by Everton. Then a draw, and then... On Wednesday evening, what I think could be a devastating loss to Arsenal, who we're talking about, who are no longer top of the Premier League, we'll get there in a moment. Manchester City taught them a bit of a lesson. 3-1 was the final score of the game. But Arsenal fans must be scratching their heads right now, thinking to themselves, Oh dear, what's gone so wrong all of a sudden? Well, I don't know that anything has really gone wrong. It's just between your ears. And that's where a lot of the game is played. I mean, all these guys are extremely well-skilled. But winning is a habit. So it becomes a habit and continues on until you stop winning, that is. 
And then all of a sudden you think to yourself, okay, are we not good enough? Maybe we do this differently. And then you start tweaking one or two things. And then you realize that tweaking those things is not working before you know it. One point, okay, I've got that off my chest. Let's look at the fixtures for the weekend. And they go straight back into it to uh, Arsenal tomorrow at half past two. I don't think this is going to be a difficult task, albeit they go away from home. But they're about to play Aston Villa, a team that has really flattered you to see. Played some lovely football, but don't get the results. So that's the first game of the afternoon, Aston Villa against Arsenal. And then at 5 o'clock, we see Brentford play Crystal Palace. I'm going to leave the next game on the fixture list out. It's obviously just for a moment. Then Chelsea plays Southampton. Southampton Southampton Wolves played Bournemouth. And then uh, my executive producer, Nick, will be uh, sitting, biting his nails and hoping, hoping that his team can pull off a result against Manchester City, as will Arsenal and Manchester United fans be backing Nottingham Forest, Brighton against Fulham, and then Hopper 7, it's Newcastle against Liverpool. Again, Liverpool during the week got a good victory, four terrible matches in a row, and they eventually got a win over Everton. Which brings me to that subject. So Sean Dyche is now in charge of Everton. And they play a massive, massive bottom-of-the-table fixture against Leeds United. Now, this is the kind of game that could be a six-goal thriller, shared three-all. Sometimes the way Leeds play, it could be Leeds five, Everton one, or it could be the time for Everton, albeit they beat Arsenal and then lost, of course, to their worst enemies to Liverpool, where they could get this season really underway for Sean Dyche. Because as I say, it is a six-point swing, and we will get to the league in a moment. So those are all the fixtures on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we see Manchester United at four o'clock play Leicester City. United, of course, just had that victory over Leeds, and uh, they will be looking to consolidate their position in the top three of the championship. And then Newcastle, who are also fighting for that spot in the top four of the premiership, they will be taking on the might of Liverpool. So that is what the fixtures look like all the weekend. Let's have a look at the table. As I say, during the week, it changed into the table, even though Arsenal fans have been smashing their computers and whatever they use to listen to our podcasts wanting to knock me out, I will mention the fact that they do, of course, have a game we had and are level on points with the leaders, Manchester City, at the moment. Just uh, the uh, goals for column of 59, opposed to the 23 goals against the 36 goal difference plus 36. As opposed to the plus 26 goal difference of Arsenal, which of course that counts as a point if you think about it, because if the league were to end now, uh, Manchester City would win the league by virtue of those uh, goal differences. But they do have a game in hand, do Arsenal, level on points. So if they do win their game in hand, they will go back to the top of the table. And remarkably, Manchester United fans will be thinking, oh my goodness, out of nowhere, look at us. Okay, I'm not going to say us. All right, I'll say us because I'm not going to lie. 
Uh, they are just five points behind the top team, Manchester City, their noisy neighbours. Albeit, they play the same amount of games, they do have to play each other still. So there's a six-point sweep, which is possible, although the way Man City are playing at the moment looks to me as though they are certainly on a roll towards another Premier League. And then Newcastle slipping behind again, have a game in hand on, on Manchester United. They're 41 points, so they're five points behind, and they are 10 points behind uh, Arsenal and Manchester City. So that's the top five. Well, Spurs, of course, in fifth place, but they are way, way off pace at the moment on Spurs. Then where the action for the weekend is definitely going to be is at the bottom of the table. As I mentioned, that uh, absolutely key match. Uh, massive, massive, massive game between Leeds and Everton. Leeds are one point above the relegation zone with 19 points. Everton are joint 18 points after 22 games with Bournemouth. And then Southampton are right at the bottom of the table with 15 points. At the moment, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would most probably say that Southampton are doomed to relegation. But between Bournemouth, Everton, Leeds, West Ham, and to a lesser extent, Wolverhampton Wanderers, you're going to find that two of those uh, four teams that I mentioned are going to go down. And this weekend's fixture between Leeds and Everton is massive. Because if Leeds could win it, let's just use that analogy for now, they would go to 22 points and lift themselves four points clear of the relegation zone. Everton would be in that fierce, fierce battle with the other four teams that I've mentioned. And, of course, Bournemouth as well. Uh, West Ham, who uh, are, again, a team that play outstanding football but haven't really got the results out of that. They have 20 points. So uh, all of those teams that I mentioned, Wolverhampton, Wanderers, West Ham, Leeds, Everton, Bournemouth, and Southampton have played the same number of games, 22 now. I know Nick's a big uh, Nottingham Forest supporter, and I've left their name out because I think they only have 24 points along with Leicester City, most of 12 with 25 points. I think those other four teams that I mentioned are going to be battling each other. And as long as Nottingham Forest don't go on to a four or five game run without scoring a point, I think they are pretty much safe. As I said before, they're looking for another maximum of 16 points to get to that magical mark of 40. But I think this season, 37, 38 points will most probably keep you out of relegation. Anyway, that is our show for this evening. Whatever your team is, fly your flag, scream and shout for them, whether it's in the Premier League and whether it's on the rugby fields, golf courses or the tennis courts of the world. That's what From the Boardroom to the Locker Room is all about. And we hope you've not only enjoyed this evening's show, but you've also enjoyed the sports administrators and stars that we have chatted to this week. It's been a, a varied week of rowing, rugby and cricket. And you know what? I'll be very honest with you. I have absolutely no idea what we're going to bring you next week. And that's what is so fantastic about listening to From the Boardroom to the Locker. We like the lucky packet you always wanted when you were a kid. 
where you didn't know what was inside us. So you do know Monday will review the weekend. You do know Friday we will preview the weekend. But what's in the middle of that donuts? And no, it's not jam, but it might be something on the hockey court or the hockey fields. It might be the tennis courts. We might be in the boardroom. We might be in the locker room. You know what? You'll have to tune in to find out. That's what we love about it. Thank you, as always, for listening to tonight's and every night's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. From my executive producer, Nick Bonds, and myself, Louis Thomas, have yourself a fantastic weekend. And remember, be nice to each other. Bye-bye.